how awesome would it be to live with a deep sense of peace and confidence? It's a pretty incredible concept for sure, but it's possible. And you might say, well, how? Ephesians 6, <clears throat> where we've been camped out for some weeks now, says, verse 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place. I brought my breastplate of righteousness this morning. <laughs> now, you don't have to worry. I, I don't think we're going to be under assault, not from physical forces, but we might, in fact, be under assault from the lies of the enemy. And particularly in this arena of righteousness, that becomes very significant. Last week, Andy taught us about the belt of truth and what truth can do for us, what it means for us. If you missed that or you want to hear it again, I would encourage you to check that out on the website. But I want to invite you today to consider with me some of the truths of righteousness. And real quickly, I'm going to tell you where we're going, and then I'm going to tell you where we are, and then I'm going to tell you where we've been. So God is righteous. We are made righteous through Jesus. And lastly, righteous living produces visible fruit. Let's start with this truth that God is righteous. Now, if you go to Webster's or any of the other online dictionaries, you will see a lot of descriptions of righteousness. Many of them leave something lacking. But if we want to see a true definition of righteousness, we only need turn to God. He is the ultimate definition and example of righteousness. He is just. He is holy. He is perfect. He is without flaw. He is wholly righteous. Would you like to repeat after me? God is righteous. That's pretty good for this early in the morning. I'm going to give you a solid B+. God is righteous. Why is that so important? Because if God isn't righteous, he might only be slightly better than us. But in fact, he alone is righteous. Psalm 71 says, your righteousness reaches to the skies. O oh God, you who have done great things, who, O oh God, is like you? Psalm 116, the Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. And then in Ephesians chapter 4, we're admonished to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, wouldn't it be interesting, and take a deep breath, I'm not going to make anybody do this, if I just said, turn to somebody on your right or left or behind or in front and discuss for a moment what it means to serve a righteous God, what it means to observe that God alone stands in that place of true, perfect righteousness. If we go back to the Old Testament, Moses is being sent to Pharaoh, and he says to God, hey, who, who do I tell him sent me? And God says, I am. That might be one definition of righteousness is I am is one of the names for God because in so many ways, his righteousness, we cannot fully comprehend or describe <clears throat> in human language. He is the standard of holiness, justice, and righteousness. 
Wouldn't it be interesting if we all Googled this morning, please don't, and we asked definition of righteousness, and there's just a little note that says, see God, because he would become the definition of that. He is without equal, and because he is holy and righteous, he will not be in the presence of sin. What does that mean? It means that outside of a relationship with a holy, righteous God, we're sunk. We cannot attain righteousness on our own. I don't know about you, but I grew up in a fairly legalistic church where there was a lot of emphasis on the exterior, self-righteousness. Don't smoke, don't chew, don't go with girls who do. Did anybody else grow up in a church like that? That one will hit you about an hour from now, maybe. But self-righteousness is always going to fail, and we must receive and put on the breastplate of righteousness that Jesus gives us because we cannot achieve righteousness on our own. Now, if I said this morning, and it may be just you and I over a cup of coffee, and we were describing righteous thoughts and actions and beliefs, we could begin to understand some of those things. The risk inherent in that is we believe at some level we can pull it off, and we can't. So God is infinitely righteous and holy. To be in relationship with us, there must be a change in our status or nature. And this breastplate of righteousness illustrates that for us quite well. For a soldier engaged in battle, the breastplate protects the vital organs. God's righteousness protects what's vital for us, and as we follow Christ, it becomes more comfortable. You might have been a bit entertained to watch me putting this on in the back room. It's not something I do every day but the breastplate of righteousness can become such a part of the fabric of our lives that we become quite confident in Christ's righteousness. Second, we are made righteous through Jesus Christ. Romans chapter three, verse 22 says, this righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. The righteousness we receive and put on comes through faith in Jesus. Does it come through church attendance? No. Anybody grow up in a church where you got a perfect attendance pin for coming to every Sunday? And, you know, if I had all those still today, I could cover this in my, wouldn't you be all impressed? Probably meant I went to Sunday school a couple times with the flu and I shouldn't have because I wanted the perfect attendance pin. <laughs> But righteousness coming through faith, Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and ascension sealed the deal that he overcame death and he paved the way for you and I to be seen by God through all that Jesus accomplished. You've heard the phrase rose-colored glasses. Well, imagine with me for a moment, if you will, a little bit of holy imagination that God has a pair of glasses that are blood-colored because he sees us as children of God through the blood of Jesus. We don't see ourselves like that very well. The world doesn't see us like that very well, but God sees us through the sacrifice of Jesus, and it is a fact, according to God's word, that in Christ, our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, that's a reservation you wanna have. 
Have you ever gone to a hotel and you tell them their, your name and they go, hmm, we don't see that. Anxiety goes up. Well, when we roll into heaven, we're not going to have to tell them our name because they'll know. But they'll go, hey, I, I see right here you have a reservation. Because of the righteousness of Christ is transferred to us as we receive it. And we receive it in humility and repentance and then live that way. Jesus was pretty clear about this. In John 14, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 1 Peter 3, for Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He, put, he was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit. Jesus' offer makes it possible for us to be seen by God as he sees Jesus. We're made righteous. Can we run fast enough, memorize enough verses, have enough perfect attendance, not do all the right things and achieve any righteousness that matters? No. The scripture says our righteousness compared to God is as filthy rags. Now it might be that you're sitting there this morning going, cool, righteousness, made righteous in Christ. I'm just not sure. I don't know. That's a pretty important question because it determines what our eternity is going to look like and the days between here and there. God is righteous. We're to put on the righteousness of Christ. And when we do that, righteous living produces visible fruit. What do you suppose would happen if I took myself across the parking lot and walked into Walmart this morning wearing this? Now, you might go, it's Walmart. <clears throat> Just let that sit for a minute. It's Walmart. There's a website about that. But most of my time is spent in the counseling center. What if I just started wearing this every day? Now, maybe I put this on here. Maybe I don't. I load it all up. You know, look all tactical. <laughs> but when we wear something this visible, people notice. And righteous living produces fruit. Luke chapter 3, verse 8, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Now, fruit, as God's Word talks about it, is an outflow of what God is doing in us. It's not a legalistic approach to, I've got to do these things, and I can't dance, and I can't play cards. Got any Nazarenes with us? Oh, and you can't go to movies. There's a form of righteousness there, but it's a self-driven or a self-defined righteousness. But the righteousness of Christ, as we look at His life, people ripped roofs off of houses to get to him because of his righteousness. And so the fruit in our lives becomes evident to an unbelieving world, probably beginning with our family, because we can walk in the church building on Sunday morning, and this is a building. God dwells here, not here. He doesn't like play the piano when we're all gone. But the fruit, we can go back and look at Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and the last one we'll skip, self-control. We probably shouldn't skip that one, should we? So more and more, as we walk in the righteousness of God, there'll be more and more of those fruits in our lives. 
Romans 8, excuse me, verse 5 says, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. We've been reminded in recent weeks and will continue to be that we are to live out of the truths of God's word. And when we steadfastly act and live on that truth, it begins to change who we are inside. Our thoughts and our actions and our habits and our language. I love what I get to do. I love that I am not Andy. I love that Andy's Andy. We were just talking about that backstage. That's the call of God on his life. It's not the call of God on my life. But to sit and help people journey with pain and brokenness and seek insight is the call of God on my life. And what I'm able to do there is because of God's righteousness working in and through me. Because I'm not that clever. I don't have anything to offer outside of the truths of God's word. And so there's fruit that's visible in that. The only fruit that will ever matter in our lives has God's fingerprints on it. If if we had time this morning where we could all just share, hey, what fruit are you seeing in God's work in you? Might it be that somebody would say, you know, you're more patient. You have less road rage. Does anybody struggle with that? Your language is different. This happens in my office frequently. Someone will use language that isn't the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And then they go, oh, I'm sorry. They're not accountable to me. But more and more for our lives to produce this fruit that the world would notice. And the beauty of that is when it does get noticed, who gets the credit? God does. Because self-righteousness, we're like, I am all of that and a bag of chips. Thank you very much. Thank you for noticing. Could you post that on social media so everyone else knows how awesome and amazing I am? What if there was, this would never work, but what if there was a social media platform called Humble Book? And you would go and look at it and nobody would post. Because they were just being humble. Or maybe the only post there would be, hey, God did this fruit in me today because I wanted to punch someone in the face and the fruit of peace welled up in me and, and by the grace of God, I didn't punch him in the face or I wanted to give him a piece of my mind and most of us don't have enough to spare, so let's hang on to that. (laughs) But self-righteousness is externally focused. The righteousness of Jesus transforms us from the inside out. Our appetites change. Not out of fear, not out of, I don't want those consequences, but out of what God alone is able to do in us and we'll never achieve mastery this side of glory. But as we mature, more and more, the power of God is bringing that fruit to be evident in our lives. And if you want to check, which I'm not sure I recommend this, ask your family. I did this once upon a time. It was humbling. Hey, guys, Sunday dinner, what are my blind spots? (laughs) They were ready with those answers. 
And what I should have made it was a time-limited invitation. Hey, for the next 30 seconds, what are my blind spots? But to ask the Spirit of God to reveal to us where He wants to bear fruit in us and then adjust accordingly. We do this all the time when we're driving, constant course correction. So with the help of God's Spirit in us to more and more produce fruit. One question we might pose this morning, and it's a brutal one, if it were unlawful or illegal to be a follower of Christ, is there enough visible evidence to convict us in a court of law? And what if the witnesses were the people that know us best? If that stirs just a little bit of anxiety in us, that's okay. If we use that to get on our faces before God in a repentant heart and say, God, crucify in me the flesh and let this breastplate of righteousness more and more be evident in my life. In Jesus, we can have a clear conscience before God. Romans chapter 8 reminds us that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God doesn't do shame. God doesn't say ugly things to us. God speaks life. And as we walk in alignment with him, the peace becomes more and more real in our lives in the midst of chaos. Because chaos isn't going away, is it? I don't think so. So as we sustain these pursuits, there's more and more fruit. So let me bottom line it. I told you I was going to tell you where we were going, where we're at, and here's where we've been. God is righteous. He is the one and only standard, and it's Him alone. We live in a world that has a salad bar approach to religion, don't we? I like a little bit of this, and I like a little bit of this, and I like a little bit of this. And even in the church, it sneaks in. Start listening. And you will hear this, and I don't want to come off judgy, I just want us to be aware of God-fearing people, I often hear this, well, you know, karma will get you. I sort of want to lose my mind in those moments because karma is not biblical. God is the one true standard, and He alone is righteous. All other gods are little g's. There's only one capital G, God. Second, we are made righteous. It's a fact. And even if our feelings don't support it, or the world whispers in our ear, or the enemy reminds us of our sin struggles, it's still true that I and you in Christ were made righteous. It's like we know the secret handshake. We get in. We can put our feet on God's coffee table. Because if you're family, you can put your feet on my coffee table. We are made righteous, or a Bible word is justified. And one way to look at that, it's just as if I'd never sinned. That's how God sees us through Christ. Is that a hallelujah moment? It's 9.30, let's not get too excited this morning. And lastly, there will be visible fruit or evidence as we live empowered by the Holy Spirit. We will noticeably be different than the world around us. I normally at nine o'clock sort of facilitate a class back there in room whatever the middle one is. 
And we just go through scripture one verse at a time. And it's like herding cats, me being the chief cat. But we talk about these visible fruits because if we aren't aware of them, then we don't know what's going on. So to be looking for that in each of our lives and then who gets the credit for it? God does. Because what can we do that matters on our own? Nothing. Now don't get all beat up about that. It's just the nature of how things work designed by God. And so it may be this morning that you go, hey, I I left my breastplate of righteousness at home. Or you might go, I want a really cool one like Rick has. But the breastplate of righteousness isn't something that looks like this. It's what God is doing to protect us and transform us and the world will notice. So every time we do this, there's folks over at the decision point And it's kind of one of those, okay, what do we do with that? Because we struggle as people with guilt and shame. And and in my head, well, if I get up and go over there, people are going to think I don't have it all together. Can we just admit none of us have it all together? 100%. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. So maybe you just want to go to the decision point and you go, would you just pray for me? I want more and more of God's righteousness to be evident in me. Or maybe you go, I don't have God's righteousness because I've never received the forgiveness that Christ offers. That's a fearsome place to be because we can't have confidence and peace outside of God. And it might be you go, okay, preachery guy, I'm glad you're not Andy. But you may just need to sit there or stand and go, God, what kind of business do you want to do in me? Am I wearing the belt of truth and all those other pieces of the armor? And if not, Holy Spirit, do that in me day after day after day. Let's armor up, folks.